Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Father, thank you for this blessing of being together as a family. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Speak to us in a way that will understand. Holy Spirit, move amongst us. Visit everybody. Deliver us from the evils of non-tithers in the name of Jesus. Break every evil spirit upon our lives and set us free from captivity of the devil. We thank you and bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Say a nicer Amen. Wonderful, you may be seated. Well, is this my favorite congregation or what? Are you sure? Okay. I can't feel it. I can't feel it if this is my favorite congregation. reason why I'm saying this is that um, somebody has told me before that first service is nicer. Do you get it? And then yesterday somebody else said it. So um, I'm, I'm, I, I don't agree completely. So I'm trying to make sure that it is not true. So help me to make sure it is not true. All right. Well, it's a blessing to be with you. I want to believe that God has something special for each and every one of us. And I pray that our hearts, our spirits are open for what God wants to do. Amen. Amen. Let us start off by making sure that you have the books. So if you have a book, give me a wave with your book. Okay, the advantage is with first service now, because first service, they had books. So where are your books? Who are your pastors? Why don't you have books? So give me a wave with your book. Let me give me a wave. If you have a book, the book, the book. Sponello, why don't you have a book? Who's your pastor? Like apart from me, who's your pastor? Who? James. J. J is where? Yeah, Clopper's where? Or Clopper's nowhere. It's a first service trapped in second service. Okay. J. Sponello is a good guy. He can't be in the church without you. You don't even have a book. Where's your book? No, look, I also have, I have a three-story building in China. <laughs> Please, 50 rands, buy one, buy one. 50 rands, hot and ready. 
Now, if you ain't got one for yourself, you can't get one for Sponello. Okay, who else? Give me a wave. Busi, what happened? What's happening? Why you ain't got one? Who's your, who's your, who's your pastor? Apart from me. <laughs> be bold though. This may be your lucky day. Who's your pastor? Who's buying them both? For who? Okay. I hear it's for something. I've started preaching on. My first job in the preaching is to make sure you get the book. Do you get it? Then we read the book. Who? Who are you pointing? Um, Lua. Lua, you don't have one. Oh. That ain't right. Something must be wrong. Now, pastors, where are your books that... It's for your, uh, for your council member, your, your cluster. Your cl- where are your books? Or the people who have the books did not come to church. All my pastors have disappeared. <laughs> I think, look, from today you are the pastors, okay? You are the pastors. Because <laughs> all my pastors have run away. <laughs> They are going to get the books. They were keeping them at home. In the car. For the car to read the books. Wow. Logan, how are you doing? Yeah, and then you say your name was. No, not you. No, he knows himself. Yes, you. Yes. Something there. Somebody to should pass the name forward so that. Chavelle. Yeah, is it Chavelle? No, no, is that the name Chavel? Chavel. Chavel. Wow, nice name. Colorful names. Yeah, a, cal- a kaleidoscope of names. Yeah, beautiful. You have a child, Chavel. Joel. You know, it sounds powerful. Put your hands together for the Lord. Let's get into the preaching. Hallelujah. Now, it's important that we have the books and we bring the books for the service because. It's having the book is part of the exercise we are doing. Amen. amen. Say another amen. amen. And if you don't have a copy of the book, it's your pastor's fault. Not your fault, although you must buy one. That's why I ask you, ask, who's your pastor? Amen. amen. Good. So we are hoping that the copies we have will be finished by the end of the day so that we can bring in more copies in the week. So that more people can have. And currently, I'm, I'm, I'm judging the services by the books that are available in the services. And currently, first service, there are about two goals up. Because when I preach in the first service, I mean about all the front here, they all had books. And they were waving, you can tell from the pictures. Do you get it? They were waving it gallantly and flamboyantly. Do you get it? So... Please, let's fix this problem. Fix the nation. Fix the church. Fix the center. Amen. I'm preaching from the fourth chapter of this book 
why Christians do not pay tithes. So if you have a copy of the book, turn to page 30 or 20 something, 28, 6, 7, depending on the size of your book, turn to it and let us go through it together. Because tithing is a basic Christian principle. Amen. All Christians, everybody who identifies with God, one of the laws that God has put in place is that we honor him with our tithes. With our tithes, which we call your first and your best. We honor him with it. So it's a basic Christian duty. It's not... Um, even one of the teachings is one of the exercises or practices that God has put in place to let people know that we are his children. Somebody say amen. So Christian is somebody who pays his tithe. Amen. Somebody who pays. When you pay your tithe, you are saying that I identify with God. So Leviticus 30 27, it tells us that all the tithes of the land, it is for the Lord. Do you get it? So, as Christians, if we are children of God, it's important that we learn how to tithe. It is holy unto the Lord, which means it is separated unto the Lord. You can't add it to your things. You set it apart. You put it differently for the Lord. Somebody say amen. Second service, compensate by saying amen. Good. So, when you are a Christian and you don't pay tithe, usually, not even usually, when you don't pay tithe, you are under a major spiritual threat. Tithing is not financial, it's spiritual. A Christian who doesn't pay tithe is not because they don't have money. It doesn't take money to pay tithe. It takes what you have. Tithe offerings is what you already have, not what you are going to acquire. Amen. Tithe is different from school fees. School fees, you have to go and acquire. Tithe is a portion, which is 10% of what you already have. So when you have 100 rands, your tithe is 10 rands of the 100 rands. Not that you have 100 rands, but you must make an extra effort to go and get another 10 rands to come and tithe. You tithe from the 100 rands that you already have, 10 rands of it. When you have 200 rands, you tithe 20 rands of it. 10%, you divide it by 10 and you give one to God. Hallelujah. So when somebody doesn't pay tithe, don't be deceived that it's because they don't have. It's because they have a spiritual problem. Amen. It's because they have a, they have a problem in their core, in what we call the impacati. There's a problem in their core, inside their hearts. And that problem stops them from giving that 10% to God. Hallelujah. Now, as we go through this chapter, we are identifying 20 spiritual problems. That, could, that, is the, that, that usually is the cause. So when you see somebody who doesn't tithe, doesn't give offerings, the person has one, either one, two, three, or many of such problems. Amen. Please, if you are in Pastor Spa's cluster, today is your lucky day. Because he has come with a hand full of 
folks, it's like Father Christmas, Santa Claus has come. So if you are in his cluster, just gently give a wave so that he realizes that you are around. Do you get it? Because it's raining books. Hallelujah. So, no, don't be, don't be, don't be. Oh, see, see. Don't worry. Who has one and left it at home? You have one, Slee. You left yours at home. Okay, don't worry. Next Sunday, you bring it to church because I'm going live by live and I'm inspecting who has and who doesn't. And don't take the book and go and sleep at home with them. Bring it. We are learning to read and to go through it together. Amen. Uh, Imshini, where's your book? No, you have to bring it. Who, who has a book and has left it at home? Oh, please. I mean, are you correct? Amen. Are you correct? All right? Uh-huh. So every day we'll use about 15 minutes fighting over the book, which shouldn't be the case. Say amen. Say another amen. Good. So I'm saying that when somebody doesn't pay tight, it's possible that one or a couple of these problems that we are identifying could be disturbing the person. And these problems are spiritual problems. And they don't only affect you with church. They affect you with many things in your life because it's a corruption inside of you. So in this season, we are dealing with spiritual corruption in us as Christians. And my prayer and my target is that we will be delivered from these conditions. Amen. So open your books to page 26, 27, or 28, which is the fourth chapter. And let us go through it. We said the first reason is what? People do not pay tithe. Read along with me, please, and encourage me. People do not pay tithe because they are disloyal. Amen. Which means they are unfaithful. They are not committed to God. They are not committed to the church. And they are not committed to their pastor. That's they don't pay tithe. You can see that this problem is not a, a financial problem. All that said, people don't pay tithe because they, are, they don't have a job. People don't pay tithe because they don't have money. People don't pay tithe because they don't get sasa. People don't pay tithe because they don't get UIF. People don't pay tithe because their loan has not come. People don't pay tithe because of NASFAS. No. It has nothing to do with money. It's because the human being himself is not committed to something that you are doing. Now, when you are part of, what do we mean? It means you are not really part of what you say you are part of. So, as a church, when you don't pay tithe, really you are not committed to the church. You are not part of the church. Okay. Yeah. You come physically, but in your heart, you are not part of the church. Because when you are part of something, you put your money there. You contribute to it. You help it. And when you are not part of something, Oh, look, I really care. Whether it's false, it doesn't spoil. It's okay. But you put money in yourself because you are part of yourself. You are committed to yourself. You are committed to yourself. So you spend money on yourself. When it comes to the church, when people are not committed to something, they don't put their money there. You know somebody's commitment by where they put their money. Number two. Last week we did four of them, so let's just run through them. Number two, people do not pay. That's why you must have the book. Then we all read together. 
People do not pay to read in your book. People do not pay tithe because they are rebellious, which means they are stubborn. Bible says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness, iniquity. So, people are stubborn. They don't obey the word of God. Now, tell me if that is financial. Andy, so I tell me, what? you don't have a book. Who's your pastor? Pastor Melly. Oh, that ain't right. You're out of books. You will get books today. Don't don't worry. Lindo, mark it. No, we are bringing in books. Dolly, dolly. Say, Amen. Say another amen. Amen. Once you bring us our money, we'll bring in more books. People are stubborn. They don't obey God. Now, that is not a financial problem. Stubbornness is not a financial problem. <clears throat> and you will think that stubbornness only affects you in the house of God. No. If you are stubborn to the core in your heart, you will see it will display itself in school. It will display itself at home. Even if you are in a marriage, it will display itself. Many people, who, many wives who struggle in their marriages is as a result of stubbornness. Stubbornness. You can blame anybody you like for your problems. Your problems are as a result of your stubbornness. As a lady, you won't yield, you won't humble yourself to submit yourself to the husband that you have chosen. You're only going to have problems. Even the weakest man will resent you and draw away from you. Strong men, they will bully you to submission. Yeah, to submission. They'll beat you to submission. Not blows. It's like bring you to submission. Weak men, they'll just pull away from you. You realize that they live with you, but they are not. They don't even care about you. Yeah, with your stubbornness and your arrogance. That's how it is. Accept it. So I also advise young ladies, if you don't think you can submit, look, decide that I will do everything. Marriage, no, it's not be one of them. So you will be, so that you can live in peace. A man is made to rule. So if he cannot rule, you can't be happy where he is. Amen. Amen. Take advice quickly. You can be looking at me with two eyes, four eyes, looking from your back anywhere. When you get into it, when you start to suffer, when you come, I'll lay hands on you, but I know that laying hands will not change it. You will go back into it. Yeah. And what teaching will not change you, life's experience will bring a change in you. Yeah. Rebelliousness, which is stubbornness. You see, it will appear at a workplace. You see, stubborn. We are starting a toy to by the time they suck you at work. Unemployed for life. Yeah. Sometimes they can when they when, you see. People, these people who do these interviews, they have been trained in it. I usually tell people, once there's a course in the university for the, that particular thing, it means that people have been well trained in it. And there are things they look out for, which your common eye cannot detect. Because if everybody could detect, we will not need to go to school for it. 
They, they, they are trained for it. So sometimes even they have a way, they just ask you so many questions. The same question again and again and again. They say, oh, so who do you live with? Then you answer. Then they are, then they, who do you live with? Then, then they ask again. Then you show a certain facial expression. They know you are stubborn. Because in your head you are saying, ah, but you asked me the first time. And you are, have you not heard my answer? Immediately they know. Because what job is not repetitive? Every single job, when you go, you do the same thing. As the preacher of the church, when I come, I sit here, I take the mic, I preach. I, the same thing every time. So why are you now complaining that he asked your name three times? Immediately they know. They just watch for signs. Even, 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 even I realize that this consulates, embassies that interview people to give visas. Do you see? They have been trained to know when you are creating the answer and when you are just speaking the answer. Because there's a, your brain has a creative side and, and also a, a side that gives facts. And when you go for these interviews, they are asking you for facts. So you don't need to create the thing. And it has a place for memory that you remember things. So when they ask you the question and you start using your creative part of your brain, means the answer doesn't exist. You are making the answer. Which means it's a lie. Lulek, do you understand? Uh So it's like the question they are asking you, have you eaten today? If you have eaten, you you know. If you have not eaten... But as soon as you try it, or they ask, what did you eat today? If you have eaten today, you just bring it straight from the memory side. You see. But if you have not eaten, yet you want to say that you have eaten, or you want to create, maybe you ate pap, but you want to say that you ate salad. Or sushi. You start to answer the question from a certain part of your brain which is called the creative part of your brain. And anytime you are using that part of your brain, there's a way you move your eye. <laughs> there's a particular way you move your eye. Do you see it? So they, when they ask that question, they just look straight into your eye. And sometimes they don't even look at you. The camera is looking straight into your eyes. But you don't even know it. So when they feel, oh, okay, we'll get back to you. When they go and review it, they look at the point where they ask that question and how the people in your eye move. They know, ah, creation is creating the answer. Meanwhile, we are asking him for a fact. A fact must just come straight because it is, even if you have forgotten and you are remembering it, there's a place that it comes from. It doesn't come from the side that you use, the storytelling side. So it's all revealed. Number three, this is all by the way. <laughs> People do not pay tithe because what? They obey sections or portions of the word. Number four is what? Because they are greedy. Greed, let me read from my book. Greed is a nature. Let's read it. Greed. Where is greed? Greed. Many people are also greedy. Look into your book. It says, greed is an excessive desire to acquire and possess more than you need. Especially with regards to material wealth. Because people want more and more, it does not make sense for them to give away the portion of what they have. It makes more sense to the greedy man to keep as much as he can. 
That's what it appeals. It's more appealing to greedy man to keep more. So they want to have more and more. Proverbs 113. They want to have more and more. So that's the nature. Let's start from verse 12. That's the nature of a greedy man. A greedy man, he wants to have your shoe, have her shoe, have his shoe, have everybody's shoe. So it doesn't make sense to her to give away one of her shoes. When, he wa- when she wants to have everybody's shoes. Everything she wants to have it. Everything he wants to have it. So it doesn't stand to reason. It doesn't stand to reason, Snare, that I'm going to give away something that is for me whilst I want to take what is yours. So when you have a friend or you're in a relationship with somebody who is a greedy person, they always want to collect from you, but they never want to give to you. The same way we bring that attitude to God where we just want to collect everything. We bring attitude to church where we just want to collect everything without giving anything away. Verse 12, it says, let us swallow them up alive as the grave. That's the greedy man. He wants to swallow everything. You see, when you go to the graveside to bury somebody, you put everything into the hole. It doesn't leave anything. Swallow everything as they go and hold as those that go to the pit. That's the greedy man for you. Let me take everything. Verse 13 it says, We shall fill all precious substance and we shall fill our house with spoil. So that's the mind and that's the attitude of somebody who's greedy. Now, if this is the person's attitude, the person doesn't want to give anything else to anybody. How then? How then will such a person take the little that they have and say that I'm paying tithe, I'm giving an offering? Never. Never. I've been sitting with people in my car, I'm giving them a lift, and their money is lost in my car before. Yeah, you see that usually if you drive, you have this place where you keep coins, you keep coins to pay toll gate and all these things so that you never car gas so that you never get to a place where you don't have anything you when you get some coins you always put money there i'm telling you i've given people left before that as i feel i said that all my five runs are gone all my five runs are gone i'm only left with Brown copper coins. All the silver coins had run. I mean, they operate a magnetic field that made that. And I knew the group. I knew I could tell exactly when I took these people, nothing happened. Then when I took these people, boom, disappeared. Yeah, that's a greedy man. Wants to take even what a greedy man is like a thief. Wants to take what you have. Has one book at home. Will collect your book in addition to it, so that they can have two. Even the one that they have, they've not read it all. They'll collect yours and go and put it on it so that it feels bigger. Say amen. Say another amen. So I pray that the spirit of greed is broken over our lives as a church, as Christians. Because until it breaks and it leaves us, we will never give anything to God. You see, she has one hell. She wants to take yours from you to add to hers. Not to even to extend it to, to just have to. That's, that's the nature of a greedy person. Just wants to have more and more and more and more and more. 
that when somebody has this attitude, it's a spiritual it's a spiritual decadence, not a financial situation. It's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. Greedy people take what doesn't belong to them. So you see, at the workplace, you are taking things from the office. When we come to you, we see shop right trolleys at your house. Well, you don't live at ShopRite. Some of you from UKZN, you have UKZN stapless in your house. Yeah, UKZN stapler. The stapler, it's not like when you went to UKZN, they gave you one. You took the one from UKZN. Even some of you have my office. My office stapler in your house. My office. Say amen. Another amen. amen. I mean, you have my office. They are stapler in your house. Postnet. Postnet. It's in your house. Yeah. Hallelujah. Next one. Next one. Let's go for it. Number four. Read it to me and I'll preach. If I'm preaching a point and it's too hot for you, you just start reading the next point to me. I'll move on. Number five, people do not pay tithe because they are not spiritually minded. Another problem with people who don't pay tithe is that they are not spiritually minded. Romans chapter 8 verses, the Bible says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I read, only spiritually minded people can do something like paying tithe. Because most human beings are genuinely in need, it often does not make sense for them to give away any money at all. Indeed, you must be spiritual if you are going to give away some of your money. Unless someone becomes spiritual enough to override their natural, greedy, selfish, and needy state, he cannot come to terms with the fact that he must pay tithes. That is why men who are carnal do not pay tithes. Unless a person is spiritual enough to override the logical thinking, he cannot pay tithes. You have to be spiritually minded before you can give away your money. And here, prophet says that because people, everybody has needs, when I, the first service, I asked them, do they have needs? I was surprised to see people who have needs in the church. People you see, you feel they have everything. They also have needs. This congregation does not look like that. You look like you have everything. Oh, are you sure? Even the book you don't have. Even the book you don't have. We all have needs. Everybody has needs. And if you are going to focus on your needs... You will never give anything away because you will be busy trying to meet your needs. And your needs will always be there. You meet this one, a new one comes up. You meet this one, a new one comes up. You meet this one, a new that's, that's life. That's life. The pastor has needs. The pastor's wife has needs. Church members have needs. Everybody. All of us have needs. But for somebody who has needs to rise up and say, in spite of my needs, I'm going to give a portion of it. I'm going to give 10% of it to God. I'm going to give an offering when we take an offering. 
It takes somebody who is spiritual in their minds. Spiritual in their minds. Spiritual in their minds. Spiritual enough to realize that tithing is a God-given principle. It's a God-given instruction. Yeah, so I will give it in spite of my needs. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Not giving, when you have 100 rands, you see, usually what happens is that people have, let's use 100 rands is just a figure. Let's, people have 100 rands, but when you put all their needs together, their needs all come to about 300 rands. Now, not giving that 10 rands to God doesn't really satisfy your need. It doesn't meet your need. How much of your need will it meet? Zama, how much of your need will it meet? How much of your need will it meet? Not much. That's the reality, pal. Not much of your needs will be met when you have 2,000 and your needs total to 5,000. And you say, because I have needs, instead of giving 200 as my tithe, I won't give it. How much of your needs will you meet? You will still have 3,000 rounds worth of needs left. What is the difference between 3,000 rounds worth of need and 3,200 rounds worth of need? What's the difference? Not much. But the blessing that comes from giving what belongs to God to God is enough to turn your needy situation around. It's enough. It's enough to lift you above your needs. It's always enough to lift you above your needs. But for you to reach that point, you have to be spiritual. That's why you see people, they, they've come to church for a long time. But to take something from themselves and give it as an offering, no. In fact, they feel that we, we rather need to get something from the church. Yeah. We need to get something from the church. We need to get something from our pastor. So as I'm saying, if you don't have the book, it's your pastor. So the, so the pastor has to buy the book for me. The many things that the government has been giving you from Sasa to, how come you are still poor? If that really brings a breakthrough. Look, let me tell you this secret. Don't tell anybody. Nobody has prospered from what people give to them. Nobody. Nobody prospered. So they were giving me something, so I've prospered. Nobody. Nobody prospers that way. This is even against the law of nature that you prosper by what somebody is giving to you. Somebody's plus that they are giving to you will make you prosper. Never. Hey, Pastor, but do you know if, if Bill Gates was to give me his surplus, I'll prosper? Bill Gates, his surplus, the people he gives to, they need millions to prosper. That's why he doesn't give it to you. That's why he doesn't give it to you. The people that this even this state of mind and your life can attract, when they give you their surplus, it only goes to your mouth and then that's it, it's finished. You cannot prosper by it. If you take America, they've given money to Africa, but Africa has still no prosper. You would have thought Africa should prosper by now. No, 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 no. Africa has no prospect. Actually, they give us the money so that we don't do the things we have to do to make us prosper. Hello? Tell me somebody who has prospered from Sasa. Tell me. He's collecting Sasa and through collecting Sasa he has prospered. Tell me if there's somebody like that. Even the looters who looted in chunks 
They are still not prospering. I mean, you have not prospered. We are here to see. Um, I mean, even the TV you took, you have watched it for some time. You are tired now. Yeah, you are tired now. Because you can't connect DSTV. You can't, you can't, even you can't buy the electricity to turn on the television. Yeah, somebody stole a, a washing machine to use it as a bathtub. Meanwhile, generally, you don't bath. So how many times will you bath? You can't even buy electricity to turn it on. Hello? I'm talking to you, especially you. You can't even buy electricity for it. You can't. I mean, tell me, somebody, your grandmother was taking Sasa, now she has prospered, she has bought a car, she has built a house, life is working from Sasa. No, nobody prospers from that. So, it's a poor man's mindset, which is that uh, somebody has to give to me, and I'm telling you that, if even in this season you can break out of that mindset that I will not prosper by what I am giving, I will prosper by what I am able to do. It will be a blessing to you. It will be a blessing to you. You can't even clap because it's a trench in your mind. It's so deep. They must give to me. They must. It's so, you, even clapping, you can't give it. Even simple clapping, you can't give it. You can't give it. Tyra, is that you? In the onesie? Or oh, it's not the onesie? Okay, sorry. Look at all the companies that are doing well. They are giving something. They are not taking anything. They are giving a service. And because of the service they are giving, we put our money there. Look at MTN. They give us something in return for our money. And then they prosper. Coca-Cola, they give us a good refreshing drink. We all give our money there. Then they prosper. iPhone, they give us something to press. We all say, oh, exciting. We put our money in you can think about any group of people who are prospering they prosper because they are giving something not because they are taking receiving something no yeah so you don't break out of it and sit there and say uh, ask for us we are, going, we are only going to take we are, just, we are takers takers are poor people you would you it's not a case you can't prosper nobody has prospered by Africa should have prospered by now Africa should have prospered by now. By the millions and billions that are given to us. Yeah, billions and billions of dollars that America gives to us. And I said, they give us these things so that we stay where we are. So they create systems so that we stay where we are. So that we can flourish. We can rise up and realize that to prosper, we have to do things for ourselves. We have to give something to make us prosper. And they are still prospering. From what still, they are giving, but they are still prospering. They are still prospering. Because when they watch us, they see that if we are really to get out of this mindset and start doing things from, for ourselves, we will not be there anymore to be buying their iPhones, buying their things, buying the things that they produce anymore, which will let them drop in their riches. So they have to keep us where we are by just giving things to us. We can't rise to a certain level. That's all. That's all. So that they will be the ones producing the things for us. Hallelujah. So, break out of this spiritual naivety 
and enter into a high level of spirituality to realize that giving rather brings a blessing. Giving is what brings a blessing. Yeah. Giving is what makes people prosper. Giving is what makes people do well. Because when, like, I, I was telling the first, there's somebody I'm giving, I'm going to give to today. Because many years ago, the person gave to me. And today the person is in a, a tight corner. I, I feel a, a necessity is laid on me to give to the person. Yeah. Necess- the reason why I'm giving to the person is because necessity is laid on me. Why? The person gave to me some many years ago. The person gave to me some many years ago. But you don't give anything. You won't give anything. You won't part with anything. It's a low level of thinking. Today be set free from that thinking in the name of Jesus. Some of you have relationships with people. You know when I say relationship, friends, um, concubines, any type of relation. And the relationship is sad that that person is the one who's always giving to you. You also have to rise up and say, look, every day you are the one giving. Today is my chance. I'm also the one giving. Yeah. You have to rise up. You don't see, oh, me, it's my turn, please. Let me benefit. Let me feel free and benefit. Let me feel free and enjoy. Oh, it's a poor man's mentality. The Bible says, a poor man's wisdom is despise. It's despise a poor man's wisdom. Don't use it for anything. The, the wisdom of a, of a poor man is what has produced the poverty. Because wisdom is justified by her children. So if your wisdom has produced poverty, or if you are poor, it's a justification of your wisdom. Look, don't let us end up like our parents. Yeah. Don't let, you see, we have all grown when we look at other people, we wish we had this privilege, we wish we had this privilege. We are, change it now, change it from your mind so that you, at least if, if you don't get it, your children will get it. Change that thinking from now that I have to do something and when I do that thing, then I will be blessed and my life will be changed. Yeah, it's only then. But without that, beloved, my friend, my brother, my sister, my brother from another mother. It won't happen. Or my bladder. It will not happen. It will not happen. Lipondo, there was a time you were receiving. Now it's a time to also give. Yeah, it's a time to give. And with tithing, every time is tithing time. Because every a tithe is part of what you are. You already have your tithes. You already have your you already you don't need to acquire it you already have it so give it when you withhold it when you keep it you are just keeping something that is not good for you and now you attracts a curse number six I close with number six people do not pay tithe read your book please also pass the exam People do not pay tithe because they are immature. The Bible has two types of teachings. It's in the book. Teachings of milk and teachings of meat. The instruction to pay tithe is a teaching of meat. You cannot expect 
babies to obey the instruction to pay tithe. Strong meat belongs to the mature. So Hebrews 5.12 says, For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become as such, that, such as have need of milk and not strong meat. 14 says, But strong meat belongeth to them which are full of age, even those who have their who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. When people are immature, they can't pay tithe. They do not pay tithe. It's one of the spiritual problems. Because they are not matured enough to even see. Let me read the point. I think he says, he uses a lot of Nice English words to explain. It says, once again, it takes great maturity to rise above the carnal reality of our personal lives. Years will go by and certain maturing and mellowing of your nature will cause you to recognize the need to give. One sentence says, indeed, it is only possible when you are spiritually minded no, it is only possible when you have a mind and a heart of a mature person that's tithing. Giving is only possible when you have the mind and heart of a mature person. It takes maturity to see beyond the complex maze of the apparent disadvantage of giving and to recognize the benefits of giving. You have to be matured to see beyond the disadvantage that you get when you don't give. Because when you don't give, you put, when, when you give, no, when you give, when you give, you put yourself at a certain disadvantage. Let's say you had 100 rands. When you give 50 rands, suddenly you are short of 50 rands. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Simple maths. Do you get it? So immediately, you, you had an advantage of 100, now cut short to 50. But you have to be mature to see beyond it and recognize the benefits of giving. Yeah, it takes maturity. Without maturity, I, will ex- I can explain to you, you will never understand. You say, oh, but pastor, this is simple mathematics. One plus one is two. Two minus one is one. If I give, I have less. If I don't give, I have more. Very simple. I mean, even you would you even go to level to say, even a child can understand it because that's a child's wisdom. You have to be mature to see beyond it. That when you give, you actually position yourself, you are better placed than somebody who doesn't give. Yesterday I was playing a game with some little children, three little children. One was called Junior. The other was called something, and the other one was called something. Now, in the game, we were rolling a soccer ball. I roll it to you, you roll it back to me. I roll it to this one, they roll it to that one. That was the game. Now, we, in the four of us, the youngest of us, he, he has made his mind that once the ball comes to him, it goes to nobody. I mean, as soon as the ball comes to him, that's it. He won't give it to anybody. Ah, So I roll it to Junior. Junior rolls it back to me nicely. I roll it to Senior. Senior rolls it back to nice. 
nicely. I roll it back to our man. He takes the ball and he starts to walk away. With the ball. I said, look, our man, come back. The game is not like that. The game is a rolling game. I roll to you, you roll to me. I roll to you, you roll to me. Look, I tried everything possible known to mankind. Junior or our man couldn't understand that the way the fun, the fun continues when you pass it on to the next person. That's how you sustain the fun and you keep it going. But no, this little immature one, no, 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 wants to keep the ball. So I roll it to the roll, roll. Then I see that he's crying. Do you see that he's not getting a chance? But I'm saying to myself, if I give you a chance, you will deprive the rest of us. You will not, you will take the ball away. But out of kindness, I just rolled the ball to him for one, hoping that he has seen the many examples go back and forth. As soon as he has the ball, no. Even at one time, he took the ball, he sat on the ball. It's like, so that nobody gets the ball. Have you not realized that those of you who have been watching football, players who don't pass the ball to anybody, they become an annoyance. And they also don't gain anything. They keep the ball till it is taken from them. Because they won't pass to anybody. Messi Greenwood don't pass the ball to anybody. Yeah, so you don't get anything. You don't get anything. You won't pass the ball. Shini won't pass the ball. Shini won't get anything. But if Shini passes the ball, Shini will get something. Yeah, that's how it is. So, when people are immature, and Mason Greenwood is the youngest person in the United team. So, are you surprised that he's the one who doesn't want to pass the ball to anybody? No! It's just like the guy I was playing with yesterday. As soon, he was sitting directly opposite me. As soon as I rolled the ball to him, keep the ball, I've taken the ball, I've seized it. Yeah. These are the type of people that the ball belongs to them, so you have to put them in the team, but really you know that you don't need them in the team. So when they are getting bored, then you part to them. Then they play one, one. Sometimes you allow them to score. That's why they allow Greenwood to score once. So he doesn't take the ball and run away <laughs> with the ball. Yeah. So when you are immature, you can't even understand that. Look, there's more blessing in giving. You just feel that your simple mathematics, for me to have, I must just keep gathering and keeping so I will have. I mean, you've been gathering and keeping for all these years. What do you have? Where is it? Or you have it somewhere that we don't know. Take us there after church. Disneyland, take us there after church to go and see it. But those who have been given, they keep getting more. They've been given, but they keep getting more. They've been given, but they keep getting more. I tell you this final story and then I close. One day, there was a sister. She was going for matric ball. Now, this sister had three pastors. She was heavy laden with pastors. Busi, you were not here, so let me tell you the story. So this sister had three pastors. She kept taking from the pastors. Dress. This one buys dress. This one also buys dress. This one also buys dress. Shoe. You buy, you buy, you buy. 
hair, you buy, you buy, you buy. Eyelashes, you buy, you buy, you buy. Handbag, you buy, you buy, you buy. Hey! Makeup, you buy, you buy, you buy. You buy, you buy, you buy. Think about it. You buy, you buy, you buy. Running rings around all her pastors. Collecting money. Later we found out that so much she has gone to rent a hotel for the weekend. All kinds of dubious activity. Thinking that, oh, I'm getting a lot. I'm pulling a fat one on the pastors. And when you're a pastor, you're always a soft target. Because when the sheep ask you for something you don't give, they start bringing things like the love of God. And are you a Christian? Do you love Jesus? Were you so? That's when they remember, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. So if you love me, you would have given your only hundred rands. And so that's, they always use it against pastors. You are just a soft target. No problem. So this season passed. One day we were standing at the door and I was talking to these three pastors. Very nice pastors. And I was saying that, hey, this girl, she has really duped us, eh? Duped us. Even their wives were angry. (laughs) The pastor's wives were angry. You should have given us the money. We would have handled this girl easy. Because girls know themselves. Oh, they know how to handle each other. It's we men that when we are there and then they do the hair like this, not then we forget what we have already given. So we have already given money for shoe, but then we ask which which shoe did you say you then we give again. No problem. You can get us and trick us. But what if you meet your fellow woman? Say hey, stop that nonsense. This shoe can work. It's true. So the wives were even bored. So I was talking to the pastors outside. Then one of them said to me that, oh, pastor, don't worry. The reason why somebody can come and take from us is because we are blessed. If we were not blessed, they wouldn't wouldn't even bother to. I mean, you remember, they never asked you. You were around. She never asked you. She saw you, but she didn't ask you. (laughs) She avoided all these unblessed and blessed ones yet yet to be blessed ones and she came to the blessed ones you will be blessed in the name of Jesus she came to the blessed ones and she took from us yes she has duped us and everything but today by the grace of God what she has taken from us God has replaced many times over see her hey Jack go and see her what does she have what does she have? And true, 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 we don't know what she has. This girl too, it's not like it's a full girl. It's just a piece of girl who's now loading. I mean, a girl who's now loading. I'm telling you, very, very, I mean, Abusi, you are the one I was telling the story. Come and say hello to me in the office after church. It was like now loading. The girl is now even loading. Hey! Small, I mean, we've been waiting for three, four, it's been four years since she duped us. She has still not loaded. Yeah, but the people who gave today they are far more blessed than they were when she duped us. When she duped us, 
So it's an immature person, a child who thinks that, oh, when I take this, when I don't give, then I'll get a lot. You have not been giving. How much do you have? How much do you have up to today? Meanwhile, when you give, Jesus said, it is more of a blessing to give than to receive. When somebody is giving, he's more blessed. He's going to acquire a blessing than the one who's receiving. The one who's receiving, all you have is, I mean, this girl, all she had was the shoe, the dresses that she got. That's it. And, and also, these, these dresses, they are not like Cinderella's dresses that when you finish, you can, it will turn into a pumpkin, potatoes, apples, that you can make food with it. And how many times can you wear it? I mean, if you wear girls, you know, we are the brothers, we wear the same things all the time. But girls, if you wear this one once, even some of the, as soon as you wash it, it loses a certain... Yeah, it loses a certain... A certain something. Do you see? It won't turn into potatoes like the shoe has become potatoes. The dress is pumpkin. The other part is, is meat. Then you can make African salad with it. No, 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 no. It's finished. Once you wore it once, twice, the people say, hey, every day are you wearing this dress? As soon as they make, I mean, I have this nice, um, what we call the kaftan. I mean, I wore it once. Then I went to preach somewhere. Then I wore it again. Then, 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 then I think my sister said, Hey, you, you really like this, your topo? I didn't say anything. Then the third time when I was going to wear my wife, I said, Hey, every day you are wearing this. When I put my wife and my sister's comment together, I said, Oh, no, I won't wear it again. I can't even, even today I took it to wear it. Then I remembered the comment. Then I put it there. That particular one now I count. I want to make sure that at least before I wait again, 10 weeks must pass. <laughs> so I'm counting, I'm counting, I'm counting. I'm counting. Just by two people's comment that, ah, one person said, oh, you really like it, oh, fine. The other, hey, are you going to wear it again? Oh, then it's like, you can't even, how much more a lady? How much more a lady? How many times can you wear it? Church of God, let's get out of laziness, let's get out of spiritual carnality, and let's get out of immaturity, so that we can give what we need to give to God, to God. Stand to your feet, let's bring this service to a close. Oh, if you have been blessed, then clap your hands properly. Let us rise up to become givers. People who give something. People who give. If you are part of a group, contribute to it. Don't just be a take. It's like every day you are taking. It's children who are always taking. But anybody who's mature, they give something to what they are part of. They contribute something to that. Even in my house with my children, everybody contributes to something. Whether you either contribute in cash or you contribute by manual labor. Yeah, everybody. You give goods or services. Goods or services. Everybody. And I started, I started training my children from young. Give something to it. Because you belong. We all live in this house together. So do something in this house. You can't just wake up and ask for me, I'm a take. It's when you are a baby, baby. But once you know how to turn on the TV, you must know how to turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. So let us all become also people who give. 
Sometimes I watch. You see your pastor has helped you, helped you, picking you to church, going back and forth. It has never occurred to you before to say, oh, it's my pastor's birthday. Let me also give something small to say, oh, happy birthday to my pastor. You are sitting at home waiting for him to go and buy KFC and come and celebrate his birthday with you. I mean, how? Sometimes even you live with people, they won't contribute anything to the house. They don't pay rent. They don't pay. They won't. I mean, they won't even go out and or care to them. As I'm coming, let me buy bread and bring to the house. After all, everybody eats bread. Let me bring bread. Rather, they come and the bread that is there that children are going to take to school tomorrow. They come and finish all of it. Are you here or you have gone home? I feel that it's now before the preaching is starting, but time is up. You go out the whole day you are coming, you won't even buy 16 rounds of sass bread. Even, even buy the one that has expired, which they are selling for 14 rounds, and bring home. You will never. You rather come home, the small polony that you know that there are children at home and they have to go to school the next day and snack has to be made for them. And you come, then you eat that you know the children can't take rice to school they can't take their toast to school a sandwich they can then you rather come and eat that rather come and eat it you come and you fry six eggs yeah you and you fry all of them one by one so that you can use enough electricity one by then you keep laying them like a mountain you are making an egg mountain One egg, one layer of egg, one layer of polony. One layer of egg, one layer of polony. One layer of egg, one layer of polony. Six of each. Then it's lined up like that. Like a, a, a food mountain. Look, I used to live with a guy. Don't tell him. When he comes when he's hungry, he's waiting for you. He can eat half a loaf of bread. He's just waiting for his food. So sometimes he'll be eating the bread, and I'll ask my wife, Is he going to eat tonight? My wife said, Oh, watch and see. <laughs> the bread is just to wait for the food. A pastor was telling me of a brother, they were all working, helping out, working on something in the church. And as they were working, he, the pastor, he went to buy two loaves of bread that oh, so that people can have something to eat. He said, One brother just got her, he took one loaf and he crashed it, he pushed all together. I mean, he just pressed it all together into one loaf, like one slice. I don't know if you understand. I mean, you see the Sasko, there are how many slices? 32. 18 slices. Okay. 18 slices. He came and he pushed them together to, to become as they were in the beginning. He said, as it was in the beginning, so shall it be life without end he pushed it together like a boom then he was holding it so the pastor asked him oh but you are about five he said oh the others can oh pastor then the pastor said oh but it will not be said, oh pastor then you have to buy another one <laughs> that's what he said to the pastor and and as he had put the guy has taken one by a boom he's, hold, he, he's holding the whole loaf in one hand like that yeah, when it goes in it to expand. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's like a xylophone, you know. Eh? When it goes in, it goes to grow in the stomach. 
So one day the pastor was giving a testimony about him. And the first thing the pastor said, this guy can eat. That's the first thing the pastor said about the guy. He was giving a, a good testimony about him. Not to disgrace him, but the first thing is like, the pastor couldn't control. He said, yo, this guy can eat. He shook his head and said, no, this guy can eat. Almost like we didn't understand. You guys don't understand me. This guy can eat. So after I asked him, I'll be okay, I'll finish with it. I asked him, what do you mean by this guy can say, Bishop, let me tell you a story to explain what I'm saying to you. That's when he told me this story where he bought two loaves of bread for five people. When he came, he saw the bread and he just pushed all together. One blow. Yeah, compressor, I tell you. But it's a child that takes, just always taking always taking but a stage comes in your life where you must also give you must also give you must also give you must also give rise up to become a giver giving brings blessings into your life i was telling the first service that me my life the way my life is i don't think ever be alone yeah i don't support liverpool but i'll never walk alone yeah never why? Because I've given my life to human beings for the service of God. I've given. So one of the blessings that comes into my life is there's always people. No matter what, what, no matter the circumstance, no matter the pressure, no matter the situation, there's always somebody around. There are always people around. Why? I gave myself. So God in return has given me people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that easily happens, I just meet people, I don't know them from anywhere. I mean, recently I saw somebody's status, she had put a, they wrote, written something about me. I was wondering, this person, does, does, does he even know me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just this week. Just this week. I written something, 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 something about this. I, when I read it, I even told Pastor Lungani, this person, I don't even, when I see the person, I don't even notice the person. That I say, oh, this one is this one. That person, I don't think the person has even spoken to me before. Maybe the only thing I've had with the person is, what is your name? It's finished. The person doesn't even know me. But that's what the person has written about me. I look at it and say, wow, it has to be a blessing from God because it's like, because I have given myself to people, when people just meet me, they just seem to like me. Not even because of anything I do. It's like, oh, we just like this guy. That's all. It comes, it's a blessing from giving. From giving. Become a giver so that it can be given back unto you. That's the blessing. Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Lift your hands and just begin to pray for yourself right now. And say, Lord, deliver me from these three evil spirits. Greed. Immaturity and spiritual carnality deliver me from them now deliver me from them now deliver, mention them and say God deliver me from them set me free from them in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus set me free Lord set me free Lord set me free set me free Lord set me free Say, God is setting you free from greed right now right now right now receive deliverance from it now that spirit is being broken over your life these spirits are being broken now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, the, name of Jesus. the Bible says if the son shall therefore set you free you shall be free indeed 
receive freedom now in the name of Jesus 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 lift your hands let me pray father thank you for everybody here break the power of grief break the power of immaturity break the power of carnality over our lives and over this church in the name of Jesus turn us into bless that we will come into your blessing in the mighty name of Jesus we give you glory we give you praise thank you for setting us free from these demons in the name of Jesus we bless you we thank you in Jesus name Amen put your hands together as somebody who has had victory victory over the devil victory over the devil victory over the devil from now you become a giver somebody who gives offerings somebody who gives their tithe in the name of Jesus supernatural power to do this thing in the name of Jesus Amen wonderful are you blessed you came to church oh I'm blessed preaching to you yeah you didn't start too well but you have ended powerfully you have ended powerfully now it's a draw between you and the first service draw draw two 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 draw we are in extra time though two two draw hallelujah you are here this morning you are not born again you have not welcomed jesus into your heart to be the lord of your life today is your opportunity to say jesus be the lord of my life come into my heart i don't want to go to hell when i die if you are here like that i want to pray with you to invite jesus into your heart to be the lord of your life every eye closed every head bowed every eye closed every head bowed you want to say pastor i don't want to go to hell when i die please pray with me pray with me if you are here like that just lift up your right hand i'll pray with you pastor please pray with me i don't want to go to hell i don't want to go to hell when i die if you are lifting your hand lift it high above your head i want to pray with you pastor please pray with me please pray with me please pray with me please pray with me if your hand is up come to me in the front i'll pray with you come to me my brother come to me come to me my sister i'll pray with you come to jesus come to jesus Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Look at me, please, and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. From today, I am born again. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, 
Contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083 773 1605. God richly bless you.